listening to the Living Room North Living Room North podcast. The last couple of weeks, uh, we've been in a series um, called "Did God Really Say?" Uh, a lot of misinformation in the world, and we looked at these three big questions as far as, "Hey, who is God?" and and who am I? And in light of those, uh, how should we live? And so it's been a fantastic series. Um, a lot of things have come up by way of the lies that we believe and trying to replace those with certain truths. And through that, uh, some things have come up and come out in small groups as, as they always do. And so we thought, hey, let's kind of continue the conversation with the series just like barely in the rear view. Um, and kind of overlay it with some, some mental health um, yes. conversation, which is very broad, right? Yes. Um, but I, I knew exactly uh, who uh, I wanted to kind of gift um, to, to this audience. And it's somebody that sits where you're at week in and week out. Um, uh, she'll tell, her, tell yourself, or excuse me, tell you guys more <laughs> about her. But this, uh, uh, this sweet soul next to us, she's not only a, a living room small group leader, but she's a licensed counselor. And uh, really, you know, like it's, it's my hope that this would be uh, a great conversation starter. Chances are um, we're not going to hit everything. We're going to, you're probably going to maybe leave in some regard um, and like wanting um, like, I wish they would have talked more about this, and I wish they could have talked more about that, and um, we do too, but we only have, uh, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. So anyways, um, can we just please just give a nice, warm TLR welcome, even though she's always here, uh, to Miss <laughs> Emily Glenn? Yes. Yes, Queen. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I'm honored to be on the stage and um, just get a chance to see you all from this perspective and hopefully have at the same time a really intimate conversation with you all. And um, just a little bit about me professionally. I've been um, a counselor for about seven years now. I work with a lot of uh, clients your age kind of late high school into like early adulthood is really my niche. Um, so all of you guys sitting in these chairs could potentially even be a client of mine and I would be like, yes, we are, we are in it together. Um, so I hope that I can come at um, this conversation through that lens that you can know that um, this is not uh, new stuff for me, I guess. Like I talk about this all day long and I'm really passionate about it and I, and I hope it helps you. Um, so that's professionally. Personally, I am married to Dalton Gwynn. He works on staff at um, North Point Ministries with the Inside Out team. And we have a beautiful one and a half year old daughter, Sterling. We have a picture to share with you so that you can all gush over her beauty. She's perfect. Sweet, totes, adorbs. Yes. Now, Emily, is that, that's, is that like, is that velvet? Is that velour? Is yeah, that it's like a, a corduroy oh, jumpsuit. Do you have one of those? Sweatsuit. No, I need one. Do? I do Dalton? need one. Dalton, Dalton might. He might. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton's in the back. Um, yes, yeah. she's the joy of my life. And um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I did not get Taylor Swift tickets though. Ugh. We're both waitlisted, which yeah, is I know, like, right? I don't no, understand we'll that, that but we'll it's that fine. Out. We'll deal with that another day. millions on Vivid. Um, all right, so um, here's the thing. Uh, again, uh, for the next little bit, um, I'm going to tee up Emily uh, with some questions. Uh, some of you actually on, on the Instagrams 
uh, threw out some questions that it's great because we had already started a conversation and some of your questions, it's, they will be hopefully even answered and, mm-hmm. um, in the dialogue, but she's going to do like 99% of the talking because she is the, the expert, right? <laughs> uh, and so my desire is to hopefully set her up well. And then here, um, probably 20 minutes or so, we'll open up for any questions. And admittedly, we're not going to get to every question. And if there's a lull, don't panic. Uh, we actually have uh, two that we could throw out there as well. So you ready yeah. to go? Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. You got it. You got it. Okay. So as you said already, um, like, I know we got questions, all mm-hmm. right? And I shared a little bit of like my hopes and dreams. But um, before we kind of talk about what you see kind of with this demographic, could you give like a quick like yeah. movie trailer version of like like just your personal hope yeah. for, for our time and and for those that go into small group and as yeah. they sift through what we're going to be chatting about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really my heart for tonight, you guys, is to hopefully normalize for you maybe some of the experiences that you've had in your past or maybe something that you're struggling with now um, and kind of going off script a bit of what you might be used to in a church setting and do some education around what's actually going on inside your body, inside your brain, when you're experiencing some of these things that might feel... Um, you know, difficult to manage. Maybe you feel like you're out of control. Maybe you feel like you're alone in that. Um, I'd love to help you maybe get a glimpse of what actually is going on internally and also really encourage you to see that in that reality, in that education, like God made you that way. God wired your brain to work this way. He, he created your body um, in a very intentional manner. And so the things that you may be struggling with or um, having a hard time managing, you're not alone in that. God is not surprised by that. He's actually right there with you in those moments. And I hope in addition to education tonight can also really empower you to tap into the strength that God has um, available to you through his Holy Spirit. Um, So that's a little glimpse of what I would love to encourage throughout our chat tonight. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. So you've already said um, your niche, mm-hmm. uh, great word, by the way, that's awesome to say, niche. It's a fun word. I'm on weird back pain meds, by the way, so oh this could get interesting. Um, as, like, as you work uh, mm-hmm. with this demographic, like what, like what do you often see mm-hmm. when they come into your office? Like yeah. what, what shows, what, what displays yeah. Uh, consistently? Yeah. Um, so some of the things that you may kind of guess, um, I might work with as a counselor, anxiety, depression, those are kind of broad topics though. And the way that that manifests can look a lot of ways can look like lack of motivation, um, difficulty in relationships, trouble starting relationships or maintaining relationships, um, issues with sleep, issues with motivation, lack of direction, kind of, um, not really sure where I'm heading, don't quite know how to figure that out. Um, And just all in that, maybe a lack of uh, confidence in self, a lack of identity. So you might come in and say, I just feel anxious, but it could be showing up in a lot of those different ways. And so if anyone in this crowd is like, yes, that is me, again, you are not alone. There are lots of people who are walking in that same path. It may show up differently. But again, hoping to just really normalize and and give you guys a glimpse of what might be happening behind the scenes. Yeah. 
I love that because, you know, trying to normalize just the reality that we're all facing, yeah. you know. So, as she said, kind of for, for those of you that are, again, young 20s, mm-hmm. for those of us that are in our older 20s, um, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> I, I still have to navigate the reality yeah. sometimes of, of fatigue or a lack of motivation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, it's, it's not surprising, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, but could, could I leverage the series for a second? Yeah. So, in this series that we were just in, we, we talked a lot about our false self and negative mm-hmm. beliefs um, that tend to, you know, honestly kind of be low-hanging fruit for those two that you said earlier, yeah. anxiety and depression. Yeah. Do you care, like, to explain just as the expert, like, mm-hmm. what is actually happening yeah. in clinical terms? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So here's where that education piece comes in. And we have an image that they're going to throw up on the screen for you guys to kind of take a peek at and uh, follow along um, as I walk you through this. So really, we, we function best when we're inside this window of tolerance. This is when we're mentally stable, we're engaging in our environment in a really grounded way, we're able to experience the world um, using our logic, our reason, and our emotions. Um, just kind of taking it all in. That's where we function best. Um, but our brain is also wired to filter our experiences and categorize things for us um, as far as what's good, what's bad, what's safe, what's unsafe, um, what's dangerous, what we love, we hate, etc. cetera. Um, and all of this really happens automatically. We don't often have to pause and go, hmm, is this safe? Is this not safe? We, we really pick up on those cues um, from our childhood, what has been taught to us, what has been encouraged um, directly or indirectly, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, and so as we filter the world around us and kind of categorize what is good and bad, this is really helpful for us so that when we're out in the world um, and all of a sudden, you know, we, are, we come across a threat to our safety, um, what happens is our brain picks up on that and automatically responds in a way to protect you. Um, so for example... Let's just say you're up in the Dahlonega Mountains taking a nice stroll through the, I don't know, beautiful wilderness, and you come across like a huge bear. I don't know if there are bears in North Georgia. I really hope not. It's oh, yeah. terrifying. Plenty. Okay, there are. So let's just say you, have, you see a bear. You're not going to have to stand there and wonder, hmm, what should I do right now? Is this like a safe bear? Is this like a friendly bear? Should I give it a hug? Like, do I want to approach it? Do I not? Like, no. You are going to see that bear. And your brain is going to immediately filter that as a threat, and your, your, uh, uh, your autonomic nervous system will turn on and flood your body with stress hormone, cortisol, adrenaline, and you are going to be able to run faster than you've ever run <laughs> and hightail it out of there, right, without even thinking. It's just going to happen immediately. So this body, this automatic body and brain reaction, this response is really, really good. We are glad that God designed our brain this way so we don't have to like wonder about how to protect ourselves. It just happens. Um, But what happens, unfortunately, throughout our lifetime, um, and this is just, I think, clues us into the brokenness of, of the world that we live in, that yes, God created us this way and it's beautiful, but we live in a really broken world where, where we, we bump against these traumatic experiences that skew that filter, that impacts that filter and causes us to um, kind of have a, a little bit of a different guard up. 
um, that sometimes will categorize things that we bump up against as a threat or as dangerous that actually isn't, um, potentially. Um, and so that happens as we go throughout life and experience traumatic events. And I'm just gonna throw it out there and say that everyone in this room has experienced a traumatic event. There is uh, kind of two categories of trauma, big T and little t. Big T trauma is probably what you would very quickly be able to acknowledge as trauma. Um, any kind of abuse, neglect, loss of a loved one, natural disaster, those kinds of things you're like, yeah, of course, that would have a major impact on your overall you know, sense of self, sense of the world. Um, and not everyone in this room would maybe say, yes, I've had an experience like that. Probably a good bit of you though. Um, but this little T trauma, I would probably guess, everyone would say, yeah, that has happened to me. These are these more subtle, kind of nuanced experiences that whenever they did occur in our life, we weren't able to process them fully. We weren't able to make sense of them. Um, and the way that we interpreted those messages or those experiences had a traumatic effect on our well-being, on our sense of self, sense of the world. Um, some examples being uh, like uh, bullying at school, um, uh, being picked on by a sibling, maybe getting criticized by a parent um, subtly or directly. Um, those kinds of experiences that maybe we can write off and say, oh, I'm just overreacting, or this happens to everyone, it's no big deal. Um, no, they are a very big deal. They have a huge impact on your internal uh, filter of the world. And what happens is the more times we experience these traumatic events, the more narrow our window of tolerance becomes. So it's a lot harder to stay grounded and to stay within that kind of stable space where we're able to engage with the world open-handedly. Um, now, because our brain is sort of overprotective because of the trauma we've experienced, it's a lot easier for our body to jump into that protective mode of, I gotta defend myself, I gotta protect myself, I gotta get out of here right away because I'm in danger. When that may not be the case, um, it might have been true at a young age, and you know, there's some working around that. Um, but it's not always true. So you'll see up here um, the, the two different kinds of responses that your body can go into to protect you, this flight or fight. That's where you see a lot of um, emotional distress, difficulty thinking clearly, that's where anxiety shows up, anger, um, and then this freeze response. That's when you see more of the depression, um, this apathy, um, kind of a lack of emotion, um, dissociation, and you could actually, if your body gets overwhelmed enough, like actually faint in this freeze response. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like those fainting goats, like that is what's happening. Oh. They get so scared that their body can't actually process the fear enough, they just shut down wow. to take care of themselves, to protect themselves. So these reactions, again, are automatic. They're there for a reason, they're there to protect you. But what we see and what I work a lot with clients is that the filter um, in your brain that says something is safe, unsafe, good, or bad is, is not 100% accurate. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
goodness gracious, Emily. I feel like, one, that was worth, you know, the $25 copay that everybody's <laughs> going to give you later. Um, I, uh, was, what's so fascinating to me is when you talked about trauma and mm -hmm. um, sometimes I think growing up, I thought trauma was always, uh, again, like something that had to happen to me like physically, mm -hmm. and, but you, you touched on neglect. And mm -hmm. part of my story, uh, which I didn't have any of this in you, but I would drift towards freeze. Yeah. And if I had to struggle um, and kind of track my struggles throughout my life, I don't, I don't struggle up, yeah. I tend to struggle down. Mm -hmm. But when I, when I started realizing like, gosh, I feel so apathetic and I feel like mm -hmm. um, I'm like the third wheel in most relationships, I feel neglected mm -hmm. and whatever. And then I started to go see a counselor yeah. and she was amazing and kind of started helping me unpack my mm -hmm. formative years and recognize I never emotionally bonded with my parents and they neglected me, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, right and left. Yeah. And, but I was like, oh my gosh, that was, yeah. that was traumatic mm -hmm. and that all happened yeah. from a counselor. Yes. Ching! Yes. Um, Good Fantastic. Job. <laughs> so, so real quick. So you, you talked a little bit about like the, just this, our, our body has an automatic, mm -hmm. you know, kind of reaction. Like, is that something that like we can easily like a remote control hit the pause yeah. button or, or do we just yeah. have to wait it out? Yeah. It's a great question. Thank you. Um, I wish that we could, I mean, I guess you can wait it out, but what is happening when you're in these kind of protective modes? Again, your body's getting flooded with these stress hormones. You're like running on adrenaline. So eventually you crash. Like your body can't sustain that um, position of, of just being on guard for very long. So that's when we see um, a lot of effect taking place in your sleep, in your appetite, your ability to concentrate. Um, so you could just wait it out, but we really would rather not encourage that. What we want to teach and encourage and empower again is to be able to come back into that window of tolerance and hopefully over time um, stretch that back out a bit to, to teach your body and brain again to re-engage with the world through a new lens. Um, like we've been talking about really renewing your mind. Um, and I love the example that you shared from your history because I think it's important to acknowledge, like when you were younger, to kind of shut down and withdraw in a way probably did protect you yeah, from that neglect yeah, totally. that you were experiencing. Because if you had tried to like include yourself and like put yourself out there, I'm guessing you probably would have been shut down, turned away, and it would have caused more pain. Yeah. So you learned naturally, if I just kind of keep to myself, it's less painful. And that worked for you. But as you grew older and, and started to hopefully find some healthy relationships, noticing this isn't working for me anymore. This form of protecting myself is no longer serving me. It's actually working against me. So that's when you really want to be able to say, okay, this, this old form of protection, this old way of relating to my world, maybe it did work at one point, but it's not working anymore. So how can I kind of come back to the reality of what's at hand and re-engage with my world through a new lens? Um, so there are a few um, techniques that I often teach my clients, um, and I'd love to just kind of throw them out there, and maybe we'll have some time to walk through a couple. Yeah, please. Um, 
The first one is deep breathing. I know this sounds super simple and silly, like it's whatever. Of course, counselors going to talk about deep breathing. But it works um, because what this does is it allows fresh oxygen to your brain, which is really hard to say. Fresh, fresh oxygen. It's kind of uh, hard, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, niche. And a, <laughs> niche. Niche. And it gives your body a chance um, to let those stress hormones kind of simmer back down. Um, and it serves as a distraction as well from wherever your mind is getting fixated on, something from the past or something into the future. It kind of provides an opportunity to take a break from that space and come back to right now, um, which leads right into the next practice, which is grounding with your senses. Um, again, this is an opportunity to... Um, <laughs> uh, to to re-engage with the present moment um, by using all of your senses. Because what's happening when we're being triggered by something from our history is that that traumatic memory or experience becomes stronger, becomes more felt than what's happening right now. So what we need to do is remind our body, like, no, I'm here. I'm in this present moment. I have a sense of control over right now. I maybe don't have control over what happens then or what's going to happen in the future, but I can decide right now how I'm going to move forward on, in, in this very moment. Um, so grounding is a really great um, practice, and we might be able to walk through this in just a second, but I'd love to mention a, a couple more. Um, uh, the next one is physical activity. Again, really simple, but it helps that energy coursing through your body kind of slow down and have somewhere to go. So taking a walk, doing some jumping jacks. It doesn't have to be like super high intense um, exercise, just something that gets your heart rate going. Um, and then the last one is a peaceful place exercise, um, similar to grounding in that you use all of your senses to um, kind of go somewhere else outside of that memory, but you're using your imagination to create like a new space. Um, something that is just filled with all your favorite things, your favorite smells, your favorite tastes, your favorite sights. It can be a real place or um, a made-up space. Um, but this, again, just sort of gives this like childlike, imaginative space, room to breathe and grow and take a mental break from whatever is occupying your thoughts and causing you to um, be on guard. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So those coping mechanisms... Mm -hmm. um, you could you care, you care to just repeat them? Yes. Some some of us are taking notes. Yes. Some of us will now start taking notes <laughs> um, because yes. I know this is super practical. Yeah. You know, like we have, you know, three boys and one of them Maddox in baseball right now is he's incredible. He's he really is a phenomenal mm -hmm. human. He loses his mind mm. on the baseball field yeah. uh, when things aren't don't go exactly yeah. as planned. Yeah. And so Ellen and I are trying to. Show him even that, like, yeah. hey, um, flight, you know, are you freezing? Mm -hmm. Like, all that stuff. And we feel like we're trying to give him coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we're, you know, yeah. giving him the right ones. Yeah. It's kind of like just trying to figure that out. But we've yeah. found that, oh, my gosh, we need to do a better job of yeah. trying to help him cope in those moments. Sure. You know, but it's hard. Yeah, it's hard work. And, yeah. you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that um, at some point, too. But, yeah, the, the four that I touched on, deep breathing and I can walk through a technique that I often teach, if that's okay, um, in a minute. The next one is grounding with your senses. The third one is physical activity. So anything that helps get your heart rate up and get those um, 
you know, uh, stress hormones a little bit of room to breathe. And then the last one is the peaceful place exercise. And you can actually probably Google most of these things and like find your own kind of quirky way of doing it. But yeah. those are good things to start with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you keep on like teasing out, yes. like I want to teach, like whatever. Yes. So you can't, I mean, the, I mean, the room is yours. Yes. Right? So can you teach yes. some of these? We'll love you know, that. Um, as quickly as you can. Yes. But. I would love that. So deep breathing. Um, we have a slide, again, an image to follow. Um, the technique that I always uh, encourage my clients to practice um, is called box breathing. So this helps you follow a, a kind of a rhythmic pattern to breathe deeply. Oftentimes when someone tells you to take a deep breath, you're like, <sighs> that is like not a deep breath at all. Uh, we really wanna breathe from our belly and give our body time to like sit in that space. Um, so a lot of times I'll encourage my clients like to practice this, you know, anytime they're triggered, but especially just like anytime during the day if they're bored, if you're trying to like fall asleep at night, uh, but find something in the room that you can outline with your eyes and draw a box as you go through this, maybe draw a box on your leg. And really just starting on one side and breathing in for four seconds, holding that for four seconds, breathing out for four seconds, and then holding that again for four seconds. And really doing that as, as long as it takes to find that rhythm that's available. It's gonna feel really awkward and forced at first, um, but if you can practice this every day, it becomes a really handy tool that as soon as you experience something triggering you, you're gonna say, oh, I know what I can do, box breathing. And your body's gonna be able to tune into that practice immediately because you've been really strengthening it. So I won't force y'all to do that with me here. That'll feel super awkward, but I will encourage you to do that in your small group tonight. Yeah, I yes. can't wait to take videos coming, coming around me. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, so gotta move on, sorry. So. Um, I know for, for some, you know, maybe they've dabbled a little bit, you know, maybe they've been to counseling, mm -hmm. maybe they've heard some of these mm -hmm. things and, um, some of these, and you know, this too, do sound simple, mm -hmm. like in, in theory, but yeah. like, yeah. do you care just kind of before we get to the Q and A, like, yeah. like what's like really going mm -hmm. on yeah. in our minds yeah. and our bodies behind all of this? Yeah. Do you, yeah, Got for sure. Here. No, y'all, this is hard work. Um, everything that I just like threw at you is like a month's worth of therapy, I think. So don't anticipate like walking out of here and like totally just dominating these new skills and like feeling like a totally new person. Um, there's a lot in, in your personal life that's going to be working against this balance that you're seeking. Trouble with roommates, family issues, you know, just problems um, in your world at work or wherever. Um, so it's really hard work. And if you guys do try to implement these strategies and you're noticing like they're really not bearing fruit, there's really just a lot kind of working against you or it's really stirring up a lot of those old wounds like we touched on that just feel really big, that's a, that's a really good indicator that counseling is probably a good step for you. Um, Counseling offers a safe and unbiased space for you to come in and sort through all the areas of life, past, present, and future, learn some of these techniques in a really um, safe environment. 
um, and also help identify like what does trigger this this body response? Um, what does trigger you into going into overprotective mode? What's the root of that? Where is that coming from? And potentially, you know, hopefully find healing in that um, by the goodness of God and his redemptive power. So um, I would just really encourage you guys to um, consider what that might look like for you. And um, again, know that you're not alone. Nothing that you bring into a counselor's office is probably going to surprise them. They've most likely heard it before or read about it before. Um, and to just feel like you have someone to process these things with and, and really, again, find healing there. Yeah. It's hard work to do by yourself, though. Yeah.